Make sure all seats are in the upright position and trays are put away before we take off. KR Media proudly presents Kingdom Rock Radio with your Bible teachers, Pastor Mark A. Stroud. I'm looking to what the Lord Jesus has in his hand for me. And Pastor Suniko Stroud. With God on their side, they were stronger than anybody. Get the latest downloads from our website. You can download today's message as an MP4, MP3, or simply download the Kingdom Rock app to your mobile devices from the iTunes Store or Android Market. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center in Bremen, Georgia. And remember, Jesus is Lord. Today's message is entitled, Set Your House in Order. You know, sometimes we can be waiting on God to do some things, when in all actuality, He's already done it. He's just waiting for us to get some things in order so that the blessing of God can truly flow to our lives and to our families. It is to that end that the Lord Jesus sends us this message. He wants you marvelously blessed, and He wants us to go forth and do His will in the earth. Here comes the message entitled, Set Your House in Order, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. I'm no longer trying to build a church. I'm trying to build people. It is my goal to make disciples, not make members. I'll let someone else make members. It's my goal to build you, to see you transform, to see you becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. That is my goal. That is my responsibility. And to that end, I pray for you. I pray for your families. And I seek the Lord for a word for you today. And I just want you all to be uh, so encouraged and, and let you know that we love you so much. We love you so much. And uh, just continue to be encouraged and continue to grow in the Lord. Amen? All right. Well, uh, let's get into the rich word of the Lord today. Uh, let's go to the book of Isaiah. We'll start there today at the book of Isaiah. Isaiah, the 38th chapter, and, and uh, we'll go further from there. We just want to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit today. I have some idea what he's going to say or do. I, that is, I have some, like I said, some idea, but I, I, I don't know completely. I have notes, yes. I have notes. Yes, I do have notes, but I'm looking for the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So on uh, the book of Isaiah. Now, before you get that, remember on last week, uh, we were looking at um, the book of Luke. Yeah, Luke, the 18th chapter. And we spoke about fight for your right. Fight for your right. Remember, some things in life, in this life, are not automatic. You're going to have to fight for them. Amen? Amen. They won't just happen. You're going to have to fight. The Lord Jesus said, man ought always to pray and not to, and not to faint, right? There's a God part, and then there's a you part, right? Y-O-U. Turn to your name and tell him he's talking about you. There's a you part. There's a God part, and there's a you part. There's something that all of us um, have to do in order to make some things happen. Remember, the Lord said with um, faith without works is dead, and it will always be dead. So we'll always have to have, there's always some sort of responsibility that we're going to have to take, something we're going to have to do or enact to make something happen. God will not do your part. He will not do your part. And uh, so we have to do our part and believe him that he will do his. Amen? Amen. All right. But today 
we're going to speak from the subject of set your house in order. Set your house in order. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord today. In Isaiah 38, Isaiah 38 chapter, verse number one. And it says, in those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came unto him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Then Hezekiah turned his face unto the wall and prayed unto the Lord and said, Remember now, O Lord, I beseech thee how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. Then came the word of the Lord to Isaiah saying, Go and say unto Hezekiah, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David, thy father, I have heard thy prayer. I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will add unto I will add unto thy days 15 years. And I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Syria, and I will defend this city. We're going to stop right there today. Help me pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus mighty name for this day, for this time, for this moment that you have anointed and, and appointed to take place. We ask you, Father, to speak to us expressly by your spirit. And let Jesus be revealed today. Let your word be revealed today. Let your purpose be revealed today. And Father, I pray that your people will be fed, that they will be edified, that they will be built up, that they will be encouraged. Lord, I pray for your manifest presence in this building. Show yourself strong among your people. Speak prophetically. Have your way in this house. In Jesus' name, let every heart say amen. 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 All right, here in uh, Isaiah 38, the Lord tells or sends Hezekiah a word through the prophet. And this word is, now of course we just read Hezekiah is sick. He is sick unto death. He's about to die. There is something that is wrong in his life and it is killing him. It is killing him. And I'm sure that he's been praying and had other people praying for him, but it was about to kill him. And the Lord sent him a word saying, set your house in order because you're about to die. Set your house in order. Now the word set, of course, means to fix in place. This is very key. To fit in place or it means to put into some condition and keep there. Like you would set your radio on uh, a certain station. You set your dial there, right? You turn it there and you leave it there as long as you want to hear what is coming over the waves uh, from the station, right? Set it there. Put it there. People may tell you, set that cup down over there. That is not telling you just to take the cup and put it down and pick it up and walk away. They want it to stay there at least for a few minutes or something, right? Set it. In other words, to set also means to change direction or to uh, change a focus. Set your house in order. 
there is a prescribed order, a prescribed way of doing things that the father is looking for. Set your house in order. Now, he's not only speaking to us today about, of course, the the house that we live in. He's not only speaking to us about our family, as in our house, our, our dwelling, those that are around us. He's speaking to us individually. Let's set us in order. We have to be set in order. Change our direction. Change our focus. Make sure that we are headed straight for the Lord. Walking down that straight and narrow path. Are you hearing? Now, here's a clue here. God told uh, Hezekiah that you are about to die. In other words, I'm not going to heal you. But in the mind of God, he had it set within God. He had set within his own mind that he was going to heal Hezekiah, that he was going to deliver him and also deliver the entire city. But he wanted something from Hezekiah first before he would loose the blessing. There was something that Hezekiah had to do before God would turn the tide, before he would turn the direction of these things. Are you, are you hearing today? And so he told him, the Lord said to him, set thine house in order, in verse number one, uh, because, you know, you're going to die and not live. Now, look at what Hezekiah does in verse number two, and listen to how he prays in verse three. It says again, then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall, and he prayed. That is, he shut everything else out in his life. He shut everybody else out in his life. He realized that this thing ultimately just affects him. And really what you are going through, the things that are out of either out of order or in order in your life ultimately only affects only affects you. Because we will have to stand before the Lord individually. We will have to give an account for what we've done individually. It does not matter how much fruit your husband or wife is bearing. It does not matter how much fruit your church is bearing. It does not matter how much fruit your pastor is bearing. Every tub has to sit on its own bottom. We will all have to give an account to the Lord for our individual actions. And God sends Hezekiah a word. Now the Lord here again has in his mind, I want to heal this man. I want to deliver this man, but not only him, but also this city. I want to send a healing. I want to send deliverance. But there is something that has to take place in Hezekiah's life first. There has to be a turning. There has to be a turning. And anytime you turn, you turn, you actually, um, that is, you, you change, you shift directions. You turn from this and you turn to that. So he turned from uh, his worries and cares. He turned from his royal court and all those that were around him. And he turned to the wall, just a blank wall. He turned to the wall and said, Lord. Now, look, in, look at what he says here. He said, uh, this is his prayer. He said, remember now, O Lord, I beseech thee, how I have walked before thee in truth with a perfect heart. And have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. Now the important thing here for us to remember and see. Is that uh, notice what he did not ask for. God said you are about to die. Set your house in order. Get your affairs together. You are about to die. It seems like Hezekiah would have said Lord forgive me. Oh Lord heal me. Lord don't let this be. 
It seemed like he could have had some sort of something to say, Lord, have mercy, have mercy, have mercy, have mercy. But Hezekiah understands that his life is in the Lord's hands. His life is not in his hands. This also uh, demonstrates that Hezekiah understands that God is supreme in his life. That God has the final say so. He has the final decision. He has set the word of God uh, in the preeminent place, in the first place over his life. And he accepts the judgment and the, and the decree of God and is not trying to change God's mind. He is not begging or uh, begging for mercy, asking God for mercy. Let me hang around. Let me hang around. All he says, Lord, since I'm about to meet you, please remember how I did my best for you. I know that by this time tomorrow, I could be standing in your presence. Just remember, I tried to do my best for you. I really tried to walk right before you. I really tried to obey you. I made some mistakes, but Lord, please remember me. Lord, please remember me. And then he begins to weep sorely. He begins to weep. That heavy emotion is just coming out of him. I believe that he's weeping because there is still so much that he would like to do for the Lord. And he knows that his time is coming to an end. Tomorrow or possibly the next week, he's going to see the Lord face to face. And he says, Lord, remember. Remember, I tried to do my best for you. Remember. And what does the Lord say here? The Lord, of course, the prophet Isaiah gives the word and he leaves. But before Isaiah could make it out of the door, good God stops him. And says, go back, turn back again and tell him I have heard his prayer. I've heard what he asked for and what he didn't ask for. I've heard his prayer and I have seen his tears. Remember, we told you before that tears alone, your tears alone won't move the heart of God. You can cry and bellyache and complain all you want to. But here it was his prayer, his prayer of thanksgiving, his prayer before the Lord. Because I, because remember, King Hezekiah, is, he's a smart dude. He's a smart dude. He realizes that he didn't do all this stuff by himself, that it was the Lord that was in him working change and deliverance. If you do anything for the Lord, anything good in your life, it comes from the Lord. Let me tell you that. Because on the inside of man, we know how cruel we can be. You know how cruel you can be. You see, uh, I, I love one thing that my bishop says. is says, inside of every man, there's a king and there's a fool. Just like inside of every woman, there is a queen and there is a fool. It's the way you address people, how you address them, how you talk to them. You'll either get the, you'll either get the king or the fool. Are you hearing? If you have not submitted yourself to the Lord, if that spirit man is not in control, hallelujah. If you've not yielded your, yielded your flesh to the Lord and said, Lord, have your way in me. If someone comes to you and addresses you like a fool, that is, they talk to you all, all kind of crazy. They say things about you and they just really just come at you harshly. If so, if that fool is in control, that fool will come out. Amen, 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 amen. Are you understanding? Yeah. 
Hallelujah. But when you want to talk to somebody and they're acting a fool, well, then you act as a king or you act as a queen. And if they address you as a fool, you just simply say, I'm not talking to you, fool. I'm talking to the king. I'm talking to the queen. I don't want you. I want them. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Inside of every person, there's that dual nature. Depending on how you address them, that will determine what you get out of them. Please remember that. And so Hezekiah here turns his face toward the wall. He realizes that his days are short and he says, Lord, simply remember. Remember how I tried. Remember how we worked together. Remember. And before the prophet Isaiah could get out of the door, the Lord stopped him and turned him around and says, go back and tell him, I heard his prayer. I've seen his tears. I've seen his deep sorrow, his deep remorse. You see, that's really true repentance. When, you're, when there is a great sorrow that comes from your heart over what the circumstance or situation is. He said, turn back, tell him I'm going to add 15 years to his life. And tell him I'm going to, de- going to deliver him and I'm going to deliver the city. Amen. Because he turned his face toward the wall. He turned. He set yes. his direction. Yes, Lord. Are you hearing? Yes. Now let's take a little journey. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. Praise the Lord. 2 Corinthians, the uh, 10th chapter. 2 Corinthians 10. And let's deal with some things here. Because understand, God wants us to set our houses, set our lives in order so that he can release some things in you, through you, and for you, or with you. He wants to release a blessing. He wants to release deliverance, release healing. So many things that God wants to give to you in your life. So much. But something must be done first on your behalf. Are you hearing? You know, no matter how bad the Lord wants to give um, um, or how bad, let's say, let's even take you. How bad you want to give this drug addict person over here a hundred dollars. It would not be in your best interest to do that or their best interest to do that. Some things must be taken care of first before the blessing can be released. No matter how much so-and-so, sister so-and-so, praise God, give me, she praise God, give me a husband, God, give me a husband. But if she is not ready for the husband, she'll run him away no sooner than she meets him. No matter how much we pray, and some have, some have made this confession, no matter how much you pray, Lord, give me a car, give me a car, give me a car, give me a car. But the Lord knows if you get that car, what would happen? So he says, before I release the blessing, before I release this in your life, you've got to set some things in order. Are you hearing? Give folk a lot of money and they they won't bring it to the church or even a portion of it to the church. They'll go out and buy something fancy. So the Lord said, before I will release this to you, it's time to set the house in order. There are things that are waiting. There are things that are waiting. 
They are waiting. And just like we, we said there in the, the book of Luke, the 18th chapter, the poor widow woman was crying out uh, to that judge saying, avenge me, mine adversary, avenge me, mine adversary. That dark power was holding back something that rightfully belonged to her, that rightfully belonged to her. And there are some things that rightfully belong to you. Hear me, child of God. There are some things that rightfully belong to you. It is yours. And God had already marked it out for you from the beginning of the world. He already said that this, that, and the other are already yours. But we limit the hand of God. We limit the hand of his blessing because some things are not set in order. Are you hearing me? Now, I want you to understand something. The Lord is not saying for us to, to go out and uh, we say manhandle the blessing. We're going to manhandle our flesh. I'm going to stop doing this today so that God can bless me. But listen, you are no fool. If you could have stopped it, you would have stopped it by now. You would have done it already. You would have done it already. That flesh is like a wild animal. Hard to tame that thing. And you can't tame it in your own self. You're going to have to have the power of the Holy Spirit. That is, we're going to have to cry out to the Lord. Lord, help me set my house in order. Help me set my thing in order. Help me set me in order. Help me set my marriage in order. My family in order. Lord, help me set these things in order. Lord, help me. We're going to have to turn our face to the wall and seek the face of God. This is the only way things will be released and loose in our lives. Or else when we receive them, they would entangle us further. Some of you can testify. If you had a lot of money some years ago, bad things would have happened. If you had gotten that job or promotion, bad things would have happened. Everything in their proper timing and their proper season. So God said, let's set things in order. I want you to see this. Second Corinthians 10. As he speaks about the weapons of our warfare. He says the weapons of our warfare. Or rather, he said in verse number 4, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4. He says the weapons we fight with. Now, this is out of the NIV. He said the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they, are, rather, they have divine power to demolish strongholds they demolish arguments and every pretentious uh every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of god and they rather and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to christ in verse six real important here and we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete do you see this? Amen. The apostles here telling the congregation here at Corinth, y'all, uh, this is it simply, y'all are mixed up in a lot of wrong stuff down there. You got people turn you listening to people who are turning your turning your lives around, turn you from the true gospel of Jesus Christ. You're mixed up with some wrong folk. And he said, God wants us in deliverance. He wants us in healing. He wants us in the blessing among all of you. But first. We've got to disconnect ourselves from these troublemakers. We've got to disconnect ourselves from the things that we know are killing us. 
Now, we don't have to have a great, uh, a great uh, man or woman of God to come in that's floating on a cloud. They come in and they say, Thus saith the Lord, you are doing this and you are doing that and you need to stop this and you really you and you know so enough you need to stop that. Ooh. You already know what's in your life. We already know what's going on. But the question is, why are we welcoming those things in our heart and in our lives that we know are contaminating our relationship with Christ? These things should not be welcomed. We should be confronting them. Not by the power of your flesh, but by the power of the Spirit. As we cry out to the Lord, and as we, the Bible says that if we through the Spirit do mortify or kill the deeds of the body, we're going to live. Amen. The Lord told Zerubbabel, it's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. Amen. The might of your hands won't do it. The power even of your mind and thinking won't do it, won't bring you permanent healing and deliverance. We're going to have to seek God for it. Are you hearing? And so he says here in verse number six, we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. Many are crying out, God, deliver me, God, deliver me. Stop that old devil. Stop that old devil. God says, sure, I'll do that once you get your stuff together. Amen. 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 Are you hearing he says, now this is very clear all the way throughout the word of God. He says it also in the book of James. You can make a note of this. James, the fourth chapter, verse number seven. He says, submit yourselves therefore unto God and what? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. First you submit. First you obey. First you cry out to the Lord. You give yourself to him. Submit yourself. The holy part, the unholy part, the king part, the fool part. Submit yourself unto the Lord. And then you will have the power to resist the devil and the devil will flee from you. You see, you're going to have a, you're going to find it a, you're going to have a very tough time trying to teach somebody or tell somebody how to drive and you're driving on the wrong side of the road. Running red lights and passing and running through stop lights and I mean the stop signs and all that. How are you going to tell me how to drive and you don't even obey all the laws yourself? Are you hearing me? Just like a policeman going to find it very tough trying to arrest me and you got all this um, stolen money in your pocket and with all this stuff on you that you know you just stole. How in the world are you going to try to arrest me? So the Lord said, before you will have that authority, before you will have that right, before that, before even he will uh, take control or command of a situation, we have to set some things in order. Amen. Amen. Are you hearing me? Yes. Let's look at the book of Matthew. You can turn to it if you like. Or just listen, Matthew, the, the seventh chapter, Matthew 7, verses 3, 4, and 5. This is very key here because this is the same wording that floats all throughout the scripture. It says in verse number three, the Lord Jesus speaking, and why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye? But consider not the beam that is in your own eye. Mote talks about a little speck, a little sawdust. 
You know someone has a sawdust in their eye and you're confronting them. There's an issue in their lives and you see that issue and you want to confront. You want to be the one to go tell them, oh, you shouldn't have done that. You want to be the one that just going to sit in judgment over. God said, you, your friend, the one that you want to judge, has some sawdust in their eye, but you got a big old tuba for stuck in your eye. You got the whole tuba for post in your eye. Eight foot long, sticking around. What? Everybody ducking. Come back around. What? They ducking. Trying to duck your big two before. But we have the nerve to talk about the sawdust. I see what you did. Don't you see what you are doing? And what does the Lord Jesus say first? He says, verse in verse number uh, four, he says, or, or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the moat out of thine eye and behold, a beam is in your eye. Let me take some. I got this big old pole stuck out of my eye. And I'm telling you, let me get my tweezers and, and pull that out of yours. How in the world are you going to do that? He said, the Lord says, thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye. Get your house in order first. Cast out the beam that's in your eye. Then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the moat out of thy brother's eye. And you'll feel so much better too, not having a big old two by four stuck in your head. You'll feel so much better. Then you can help me. Are you hearing God says, I want to do some things in your life. I, I, I want to do some things through you. I want to do some things for you. I want to do some things with you. I want to break you through. I want to bring you healing and deliverance. I want to give you some money. I want to give you some stuff. I really want to bless you. I want to give you promotions. I really want to do these things for you. I really want to do the things that your heart desires. But first, you got to set some things in order or else the blessing just might kill you. Hallelujah. I've known a lot of people over the years. I've been in ministry now over 20 years. And I've known people. When they didn't have a job, they were right there in the church. They didn't have money right there in the church every week. You couldn't stop them. Pick me up, pick me up, pick me up, pick me up. But the moment they got a job and money, they were gone. Kind of like that old hee-haw. I searched the world over and thought I found true love. You met another and you were gone. What happened to so-and-so? I have no idea. They got a job. Traded God for money. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? What would the blessing of God release that in your life today? What would it cause? What would it cause if he released that to you? So he says, I got all this stuff for you. I got a warehouse of blessings laid up for you. I got so much stuff. The Lord said, I've heard every prayer. I've seen your tears. I've heard how you cried out for deliverance. And I got all this stuff in the warehouse. I got forklifts and pallet jacks ready to roll it right to you. But you got to get that in order first. There is a precious brother. That was praying. He prayed, God, send me a new car. God, send me a new car. God, send me a new car. And he wondered why God wasn't sending him a new car. 
until the Lord turned his attention to his garage. This man was a semi-hoarder. He had stuff all in his garage. He had newspapers. He had books. He had stuff. I mean, stuff. Exercise equipment. His garage was so filled to the rim, you couldn't really get through there. <laughs> you know, you couldn't get through there. So the word of the Lord came to him and said, clean that out. Clean that out. Because he had no place to put the car. Once he cleaned all that out, had a big old yard sale, just a few weeks later, he got the car that he wanted right there in his garage. Isn't that something? But we had to set, he had to set some things in order first before the blessing could be released. Are you hearing today? We got to take the beam out of our eye before the blessing can be released. Before God will take vengeance on your behalf or work something on your behalf, we've got to set some things in order. We've got to make sure that we ourselves are obedient. Now, let's look at another one here. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter 4. I'll wait till you get this one. 1 Peter 4. We're going to look at a few things here. Once we get some things in order, once we get some things in place, you'll see the cascading effect. You'll see that cascading effect. Lord, why? I haven't asked for this. Why are you blessing me so? Why are you doing this so? Why are you doing that? Because we've got some things set in order. You've got some things set in order. Oh God, I want some money. I want a new job. I want more money. I want more money. But how are you budgeting the money that you currently have? There's that word budget. I know it's an evil word. Let me say it again. Budget. <laughs> Let me say it like some of my other friends would say it. Budget. <laughs> we got to budget. Hallelujah. If you don't know where your money's going now, why in the world would we keep giving it to you? Ooh, boy, you see how y'all looking at me. It's dangerous up in here. First Peter 4, verse 17. God's serious about this. We do stuff, get stuff in order before he releases something. He's serious about it. Let's look at how serious here. First Peter, the fourth chapter, verse number 17. And it says, for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be for them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely, that is with difficulty, much difficulty, be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? God said, before I judge the world, I'm going to get my house in order first. Before he gets, goes to the hypocrisy in the world and, and all this and that, and, and many people are praying, Oh, Lord Jesus, come on now. This world is so wicked. They're killing babies. They're, they're hurting each other overseas there with uh, uh, wicked tyrants, and people are dying everywhere. Lord, why don't you come down and, and do something about it? Do something about it. He said, I am. I'm going to deal with my people first. I'm going to set the standard up in my house first, and then I'll deal with them. Are you hearing me? So the Lord said that before he will even release something in the world, he's got to deal with us first. 
And before he will release things into your life, he's got to deal with you first. He's got to deal with you first. And so our call or our response should be, Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way in me. Help me to set me in order. Help me to obey what you are saying. Now, there are some hindrances to our obedience. And we're going to talk about this and then begin to to close out today. There are hindrances to our obedience. Hindrances. But before we get to that, let me give you another scripture. 1 Corinthians 6 chapter. And this will help really to set some things in order too. 1 Corinthians 6 verses 19 and 20. Helps, it will help you to set some things in order. And it reads like this. What? Know ye not? You like that? What? This is so absurd. Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye, ha- which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? Don't you understand that? You are the temple of God. You are the temple, the house of God. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. Don't you know that you are not your own? Now, if you are, if you know that you are not your own, then you have to realize that nothing you have is your own. Hallelujah. That's why the the church is experiencing right now frozen assets. Frozen assets. Because Jesus has given us everything. We belong to him. We are his servants. We are his slaves. He bought us. Look at the very next look at the very next verse. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God. The Lord said, "I own you." And if he owns you, he owns everything that you have. You don't go tell, please, let's look at this in this form, in form of a, uh, in, in, in the form of corporate America. If you are the, um, the plant manager over the general manager over the entire plant, you can't just pick up stuff and take it home with you. That's not yours. That's owned by the corporation. You are the steward there. I don't care how many flat screen TVs come out of there. You can't just pick one up and take it home with you. That's not yours. You are steward over it. You're supposed to maintain it. Make sure the plant runs smoother. If any problems, you're supposed to handle it or talk to corporate about it. You can't just take stuff out of there. By the same token, the Lord said, I own you. You say, well, nobody own me. I'm my own man. Nobody own me. Well, at the last day, when you stand before the Lord, when your knees are buckling, when you're quaking, you see the awesome power of God. I believe your opinion will change. You did not bring you into this world and you cannot keep yourself in this world. You understand? We belong to God. See, here again, here is one big hindrance to why we don't follow God's plan. Because we think we got the big head, we're going to establish our own kingdom, our own stuff, and what I have is mine. I made this, and I did this, and I did that. And we're going to find out. Let's close by saying simply this. 
I give you a whole lot more because it goes straight through the word of God. The Lord even says, if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Be willing and obedient. Now, there are about eight different enemies, really, that affect our obedience. Eight different enemies that, um, that are reasons why we don't obey God. Can I give you some reasons why you don't obey God? I got two amen, so I'm going to tell these two people. <laughs> Rest of y'all can just listen. Why don't you want to obey God? Number one, selfishness. It's all about you. You're just concerned about how this is going to affect you. Not concerned about God, but just concerned about how it will affect you. One, selfishness. Two, false comfort. That is, you don't want God to stretch you. You don't want, you don't want to have to reach. You don't want to have to sacrifice because sacrificing makes it a bit uncomfortable for you. So we want to stay where it's comfortable. False comfort. We prefer false comfort. The third thing is spiritual pride. That is, you want to follow a religious order and not, and not really have an intimate relationship with Christ. You know, you can come to church and, and hear all the messages and you can look at the Bible, read your Bible, and still not know Jesus. When the rapture occurs, if it occurs during praise and worship, yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody's praising and rejoicing the Lord and, and they're rejoicing. Rapture occurs, boom, and the church is gone and you're still there. <laughs> music is stopped. I pray the music has stopped. Anyway. So, spiritual pride, we prefer the religion, but not Christ. Do you prefer religion and not Christ? That is, I just want to do my thing. I want to come in on a Sunday or Wednesday to fulfill the religious quota, make myself better, feel better, because at least I can say I did come to church. But that's spiritual pride and not seeking an intimate relationship with Jesus. The fourth thing is the pursuit of worldly gain or pleasure. Can't obey God because I'm pursuing pleasure. That is uh, stuff over God. This person would choose stuff over God. I know what you said, Lord, but I choose this over you. This hinders us from receiving from the Lord. The fifth thing is fear of people. What will they think of me if I follow Christ? What will my wife think? What will my husband think? What will my friends think? The fear of people, if I do what God says, what will they think? And this can be a hindrance to obeying God. The sixth thing is fear of failure. What if I mess up? God has called me to do this. And what if I mess up? Listen, you just do what God says and let him handle the consequences. Let me say that again. You just follow what the Lord says and let him handle the consequences. Are you hearing? Why y'all looking at me like that again? <laughs> Number seven, fear of the past. That is unresolved issues from the past. That is also unrepented sin and also emotional fellowship uh, disconnects. You have some, you stop fellowshipping with somebody, you have an emotional disconnect 
that can also hinder you from doing the word of God, from doing what he said do. And the eighth thing is God's word not having the preeminence or the final say in your life. If God says to you, I want you to move that basket and put it on the other side of the room. If the Lord said that, just giving you an example, move that basket and put it on the other side of the room. But if we say, Lord, that's not proper protocol. I can't do that. His word does not have final say in your life. It has to have the final say. God has to have the final say in your life. Does God have the final say in your life? Or does his word always meet with argument? Lord, I hear you, but. I hear you, but. And some of us have a big old but in our lives. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You keep giving God that. You keep showing him that when God is saying, I need you to do this. I hear you, Lord, but you don't understand what's happening. You don't understand what I'm going through. You don't understand this. Lord said, yes, I do. And before he asked you to do it or told you to do it, he already qualified it. He knows what he wants. He knows what he wants. So we can really just stop there today and really, please, I pray, I pray, I I wonder, often wonder why Paul begged so much in the word of God. Why he begged the people so much. As he said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, I beseech you. He says that over and over and over again. Look, at, look it up in your own Bible. He says, I beseech you many times. I beg you to hear the word of the Lord. And I find myself doing that more and more myself. I beg you. Ask God to search your heart. Ask him to search your life because it's time for us to go higher. It's time for us to do more things for the Lord. It's time for us to arise to a period, to a, a period of, of greatness that we've never known before in him. It's time for us to win the world to, to Christ. It's time for you to inherit the things that God says is rightfully yours. It is rightfully yours. And the Lord said, I will freely give them to you when you set some things in order. So I ask the Lord, help me set things in order. Lord, show me what things I need to set in order. Now, let me give you this word of warning and caution. Some things that he says that he tells you to set in order will be painful because there are going to be some relationships that you're going to have to set in order. You have to eat some crow, not the bird crow, you understand. I'm talking about you're going to have to bow down and say I'm sorry are you understanding you have to say I'm sorry and you have to hear some things that are just down and out difficult to hear and you may have to say some things that are difficult to say but it needs to be done some things are going to make you very uncomfortable but it is God leading you to go that way and once you come out of that you're going to receive the blessing. You're going to receive the favor. And everything that was, that was stored up for you that you were meant to have will begin to be released in your life. So I pray today that you've heard the word of God and that you respond to God's word and that you would submit your life to him completely. That you would ask the Holy Spirit, help me in this area. Help me in this area. 
I want to be like Jesus. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We're done today in Jesus' mighty name. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.